Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast, where we help you get clarity, build skills, enhance your character, curate your environment, take daily massive action, and develop a positive mindset. Join our community by heading over to workwithtimmydouglas.com and get our free book and list of questions that will help you build an impactful and purposeful life. Enjoy the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Rev Leslie Peters, who is a spiritual nurse trailblazer and the founder of The Brand with Heart. Leslie, how you doing? I am doing fabulous. Tim, do you go by Tim or Timmy? Timmy. Timmy's Timmy. Great. Okay, great. I'm doing great, Timmy. Thank you so much for having me on your okay. show. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with just telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun. That'd be great. Oh, God. I haven't had fun in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So um, oh, a little bit about me. So registered nurse by profession, ordained minister. Um, I worked in public health for 30 years. Um, and 15 of those years, the last 15, were spent in some of the poorest zip codes in Philly. I did home care with at-risk pregnant moms and absolutely loved that job. Um, I was, I excelled at it. It was, it was really good. It was fun. It was so fun that I, we got paid per client. I never knew how much I made till the end of the year because I knew it was just, it filled my heart so much. I loved it. And, but around two, I'd always my entire life listened to my intuition over my head. And in 2015, I started hearing this little voice going, your work here is done. It's time to share the message. And I kept going, Shh, shut up. I love my job. I don't want to leave. <laughs> right? So for two years, I kept like, you know, little synchronicities would happen and I'd go, shush. <laughs> and wow. um, then I guess in January 2017, they got a little bigger. Um, I lost mobility in my fingers. So as I was giving injections, I'd be like, where's the syringe? How did I end up on the floor? <laughs> but I figured a way around that. And then uh, in June, a big one happened and really big. And so I was just driving to work one day and I kind of doubled over with abdominal pain and went, oh, shoot, I'm done without a plan. I just knew I had a message to share um, about how I lived my life and how it turned trauma to love. And so for the first year and a half, I went around the country just speaking about love and uh, system leaders were kind of shutting me down left and right. I had people say, don't ever talk like that in, <laughs> in, you know, business. And I went, well, I, I, I speak the truth. I don't know how not to like sugarcoat, but anyhow, and then COVID hit. Um, I went on a deep spiritual dive and found out just how spiritual I was. I, I was mm -hmm. clueless to that. And um, and then I've been creating a curriculum for systems and leaders and those who serve and those who are served, helping us feel safe with ourselves. And that's it. Just getting ready to start conversations. Um, and the conversations I want to start are it's creating a safe space to curate conversations where we make the comfortable now we make the uncomfortable comfortable, mm. you know, there's a lot going on in the world nowadays and I don't do social media a lot, but I don't hear people in everyday life really talking about it. Yeah. And 
I learned the only way to turn a negative into a positive is you first have to address the negative. And then once you talk about it, then you can shift it <laughs> to whatever you want to perceive it to be. Um, so that's what I'm going to be working on next. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, that's awesome. And so registered nurse, nurse, ordained minister, and you got the feeling of like, I need to go share the message when you doubled over in stomach pain. You that's knew it. that was a so, message of what you needed to do. I knew my whole life, but, you know, it's, it was really hard to share my story because for most of my life, I see now how I walk through the world, I think spiritually awake but asleep to the fact I was spiritually awake, <laughs> you know, it was really smart. I was really productive. I got things done. I mean, I got things done all the time and was successful. I went to college twice, but everything was kind of like, yeah, that's fine. It's great. I love it. It's, and things, it was just very, it appeared to be very easy out in the world at home, a little different story, but out in the world, things, you know, the world was my home and strangers were my family. And, all along the period of childhood, uh, like a lot of people with trauma, I kind of checked out and dissociated from like, I think probably ages five to 12. I think mine was more of a spiritual dissociation. And I would hear this voice inside me just telling me things like, you know, um, not taking things personally, giving other people what I need. Like the more nasty someone is, the more love they need. Like things that nobody taught me, you know? So, um, yeah. So that way of being, when I was 16, I went out in the world and I felt really disconnected to my family. And I've always been more of a visionary philosopher philosopher type so in in school I really didn't fit in um and so I didn't feel like I really belonged anywhere and then I tried to belong in high school did you ever try to belong somewhere and like totally <laughs> it totally backfires yeah. yeah well that happened and you know I would go to parties and jerk I'm like this is not my thing and then I felt disconnected to me so then life was really bad because I didn't even feel connected to myself. And I knew by the age of 16 that either I had to change or end. It was one of the two options. Yeah. And so I chose to change my life. And I'm getting to your question. It's just rather long. You're asking what message, right? <laughs> so, um, so I went out in the world and I knew I needed to be seen, accepted for who I was. I need to feel loved. And I didn't know how to get that from the world. So I just decided to give it. And, you know, uh, I would look at everyone and I would intentionally try to find a piece of me in everyone I'd see. You know, so I'd go to different neighborhoods, not where I grew up. And I'd be like, okay, what about that person? What do they have in common? What do we have in common? And that worked. I felt less alone and more connected. But then I was really curious. I wanted to know about people. So I would stop people on the street and just say, hey, my name's Leslie. <laughs> I struggle with this. What about you? Long story short, it led to a lifetime of very deep, intimate connection with strangers on a 10, 15 minutes. But like, I don't know if you've ever experienced like a true heart to heart connection where it's palpable in the heart. You can feel the energy. Um, I had those every day of my life till COVID along with hugging everyone 
And so I see now that what I do is I tapped into the energy of the collective and heart and brain coherence. And so it kept all like any long-term consequences of trauma, the physical and emotional ones and mental, it kept them at bay, dormant. And um, yeah, it was kind of amazing. It was kind of really amazing. But throughout there, there were a lot of ways I learned to perceive the world that everything that happened to me is a gift. It always has been like sexual abuse. Thank you. It was a gift. Look what came out of it. You broke into my car. Thank you. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it was just kind of a cool way of being. And it was simple and it was safe. I could go anywhere. I was never afraid. I had courage, um, you know, and that was the message. Mm. And so and you... Great That's, way to manifest too. I never knew I was such a good manifester. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. because here's the cool thing is when you, so heart stands for honesty, empathy, acceptance, respect, and trust. And the way that came about, because people had asked me like, wow, it, here's the cool thing about authenticity. Very few people do it. So when other people are confronted with authenticity, they, they think it's such a gift and amazing. And so all my life, the validation was amazing, but I would have these conversations. People would be like, wow, thank you. What a gift. And I'd walk away, no lie and go, what the hell are they talking about? Like I, what, you know, or I'd say things and I go, what I just said that like yeah. changed your life. And I realized now I was probably channeling. Right. But it is a gift for me now, but if, I get my dream to come true. It won't be a gift for me because we all have that same gift. If we're willing, it's, you know, what I saw the best people because they saw the best of me. Um, and then I made the mistake that my whole life ago. Why can't people see? I don't understand why people are angry and frustrated. Why can't they see what I see? And I guess I said that so many years that in 2018, my mom's spiritual dive I fell from grace and I learned how, why so many people are angry and frustrated and scared. So, you know, I, uh, yeah, it's been a rough couple of years. It has certainly not been like the most of my life, but. I gotcha. So from what I'm hearing, the message um, started at 16 and it started when you decided to give what you were seeking. Is that right? To give what I needed. Yes. That was the first one. Yeah. And the very first one was like at age two, I remember. And I, it was one of the few things I remember about childhood. So I was always put my hand on my heart and go like, I call it rubber band breathing, where I'd start from like my feet and breathe all the way up to my head and back down again. And I'd go like, the world's a loving, accepting place. The world's a loving, accepting place. And I'm looking back going, holy crap, I use visioning, NLP, all that stuff. And <laughs> back. Yeah. I was guided though, right? And I, I never knew why though, why was I guided? And then a couple of years ago, uh, I uncovered a few near-death experiences I had in childhood. And the first one was age two. And I'm like, oh, that's why I was guided. I had a little extra help to learn how to do this so I could teach others. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. So all the way from 
16, you had the message, you started loving people and that helped you connect with people on an energetic level, on a love level where you felt it in your body very potently. And then just recently you had the stomach turning over. What was that? 2015? 28. You mean when I, to share the message, it was 2015. I started little things would happen. Synchronicity. Uh, I, I ignored it until 2017. Um, June of 2017, when I really had no choice, when I was my doubled over the steering wheel, went, oh, I'm done. And um, I use stronger language, though. <laughs> but, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, there, the hard healing. So I, I actually spent a couple of years trying to figure out, OK, what did I do then through my whole life? How did I turn trauma to love? How did I overcome significant adversity um, without support? Like. I never had adult support. The the adults that were in my lives were parents and spouse and they weren't emotionally supportive. So, you know, I was like, how did I do this? And, you know, the things like the I am safe, it was giving other people what I needed. It was seeing, in a, seeing myself and everyone else. So that connection, you know, my message truly is about oneness, you know? Yeah. And, when I left work in 2017, I, I don't know if the signs had come out yet about it, but now I see how there's an evidence-based uh, theory or principle behind every one of the heart healings, the dozen or so that I use throughout my life. And there's also a spiritual law, which was so cool because I could go, okay, here's what I did. Here's the science behind it. Here's the spiritual law that was tapped into. And they said, you know, I think sometimes I minimize my own gift or value. I mean, I'm really smart. I'm caring. I'm, I'm really cool. But as a child, I was a child. I was 16. So I say like the only thing I can truly take credit for was listening. Yeah. You know, uh, so how about you? Did you ever experience like synchronicities like that or? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think for me, growing up, I experienced a lot of apathy. And so mm -hmm. I probably, you said you blocked out ages like five to 12, I think. Yeah. I probably blocked out ages five to like 16 like I don't, I don't really remember anything that happened before 16 and from mm -hmm. 16 to 18 I remember being really 16 to 19 I was a very very angry person mm -hmm. and I was so angry because I was stuck in the victim mindset but then I started to learn about God started to learn about love and started to see how people in the world actually loved each other and I was like I'm doing something not right and I don't <laughs> want to be doing it not right anymore I want to start doing it right and um, that's when I really flip-flopped and chose to understand, A, how much I'm loved, so then it empowers me to love others. Yeah. And that's when that, like, um, it's almost just a, like, commitment to people that shows up in my life. And so I, I would say I still have trouble, like, feeling it in my body I'm getting a little better at it but I still have trouble like really feeling it in my body but it's more out of a like obedience and principle that I have a huge commitment to loving people and showing up in their lives and then every now and then 
you have the opportunity where you've been loving somebody for a year, a year and a half, and you get to show up in a really big way. And I think in those really big ways, when they really need me, that's when I share those moments where I feel that synchronicity. But I think I haven't gotten good at noticing the small moments of synchronicity in life. Yeah. I I probably didn't notice them either before. um, I mean, so much has happened since I left, really since 2018, because when COVID, well, that was actually before COVID. I think what sparked me to go on to that deep spiritual dive was I, you know, when I left work and started taking different business courses, people are like, okay, well, who are you angry? I'm like, no, no, no. My past was amazing. It's actually my message. Like I, it's they're like, who are you angry? And I'm like, okay, I was trying to figure out, maybe I am angry. I'm taking pillows, hitting them against walls going, and I'm laughing going, no, not angry. (laughs) (laughs) And so one of the things though, my whole life, I'd always, to this day, I still wake up and I wake up in the morning and I can't, I remember like the demographics of who I am. But that's it. Like, it's what I do yesterday, uh, which is one of the challenges or like, what's your, you know, what's your elevator speech? I'm like, well, on today, it's this. I don't know what's going to be tomorrow. But um, I figured that was trauma. You know, some trauma happened. So I wanted to learn about it. And I tried this one practice where with your dominant hand, you write a question from your adult self. And then you allow the non-dominant hand to answer. And that's supposed to be like, you know, your inner child. I'm not ambidextrous, but you can kind of tell what it's writing. And so I'm like really curious and scientist. I wanted to prove this wrong. It is evidence-based. I forget who, whose, you know, theory it is, but it is evidence-based. And so I was telling my mind, you know, my mind was telling my non-dominant hand to write a an answer and it didn't do it. I was so upset. But the question I asked was, why do I wake up like this every morning? And so my non-dominant hand started to write the word hate. And I'm like, oh, this is good. Who do I hate? (laughs) You know, I'm thinking, what happened? And so I said, with my dominant hand, who do we hate? And my non-dominant hand started to write my name. And I went, oh, crap, I got work to do. Like, I hate myself. And I didn't know. So basically, I started writing to my younger self and went on, I guess, I don't know, some really cool writings. And I, I tapped into being able to hypnotize myself, I guess. Bottom line is... I hated myself because when I was with my family, I hid myself. Like they always said I was too much and all this. And so I I played down not to upset them. And so that was the thing that was really confusing, you know, because it was like out in the world, I I wore no armor. I went like, here I am, like me or not, this is me. And life went really well. And at home, when I had the, you know, kind of dimmed down, um, life wasn't horrible, but it certainly did not. It was probably the sabotage. Like if I had just spent my whole life without the armor, I could see if I had wanted millions, like I wanted connection. So I got more than that and more than I ever could have imagined. But if I'd won in millions, it, it would have flowed to, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, so that was kind of, that was an eye opener for me. Um, and it wasn't trauma. The reason I wake up like this, I learned I had head trauma 
at age two and traumatic brain injury and stuff. So that was just kind of residual, um, you know, but the, the way I always thank my parents because the way I was out in the world, you had said something about knowing you're loved and I didn't realize by doing this at the age 16 that I would become love, right? And the fine thing is when you become love, being loved really isn't that important because your heart's so full. And, you know, it was, and yes, it's nice to be loved, right? But when you connect with people every day, there's an exchange of love. I look at love as energy. Right. I think we overthink things. Someone else gave me a great definition, uh, listening with objectivity and vulnerability to empower. And I love that. Like, you know, I, I think we need to redefine a lot of things. And love is one of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because love is an energy. And like love, it's it's kind of like I couldn't shut part of my heart down. I couldn't shut my heart down at home with my family and then open it in the world and, and get the full benefit of authenticity and, and flow and manifestation in every aspect of life. The same way, I don't think we can just close our heart to loving certain people. If you're love, you're love, you know? And in COVID, it was funny when, I don't know, do you live alone or did, during COVID, did you live alone? I quarantined with my girlfriend's family during COVID. Okay. Ooh, what was it? Okay. I'll say a sentence and tell me what that was like. But I found myself in the middle of COVID. I live alone. Just, I remember when I go, oh my God, I just need to love. <laughs> and I went, <laughs> I caught myself. I'm like, oh, wow, that was kind of cool. That was the first time I'd ever really realized that being loved to me was more valuable than being loved because yeah. it constantly filling your heart so what was that experience like for you now to shift <laughs> yeah that was a that was a rough one I won't lie it was kind of a clashing of cultures so obviously I'm a young black guy um she is come and my class was my family was like lower middle class growing up probably like we had six kids in the house didn't always have enough and then they're like white family upper middle class and so the cultures clashed a lot but I was in their house and mm -hmm. I had gotten this was at a point in my life where I had gotten really good at retreating into myself and being apathetic I was coming out of that but yeah. in this environment I almost had to go back into it because I didn't feel like I could be myself because it didn't feel like an unconditional circumstance like it wasn't like I was living with my family I was living kind of they weren't strangers to me. Like I knew them, but it felt like there were conditions for me being in the home. And at, and at any point in time, if any of the conditions were broken, I could have been like kicked out and then I would have been SOL. So it felt very performative, if you yeah. will. And so that, that was just hard because there were some times where they were going to do stuff and I'd be like, wow, I would never do this ever in my life. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> but I would go do it with the family because that's what we were doing. And I was so caught up put me back in the victim mindset. And so I didn't even take it as an opportunity to love people and show up for people. I took it as like, a, I don't feel safe. So I need to like protect myself type of vibe. Mm -hmm. And I would say that made it harder 
than the experience needs to be. Because honestly, they're lovely people and they loved me well and they welcomed me into their home and it was a beautiful experience. And it was just me in my own head that was like tormenting myself, basically. You um, know, it's funny you say that because that's pretty much what I've done the past couple of years. You know, I mean, when COVID hit, I decided to see, I went, wow, I've always felt safe in the world, but do I really feel safe with me? Mm-hmm. And then it switched. I felt really safe with me, but I didn't feel safe with the business world and business people because like I, you know, the neurodevelopmental issues, I love my brain. It's amazing, but it definitely does not fit into like a business corporate <laughs> type yeah. of model. you know what I mean uh-huh. uh, I could probably go work for what's his name uh Virgin Atlantic guy like I could go work for someone oh, yeah, yeah. first but like neurotypical like dot every <laughs> so I started not feeling safe out in the world because networking they uh, I couldn't work like them I tried and you know feeling safe is the key to everything in life it is it's the key and you got to own who you are. And that's why I went, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do a PowerPoint presentation. I can't figure out how to organize everything in my head. I, it's been like that since I was two. But on the flip side, I graduated from college twice with honors without reading. So like, take it <laughs> there. I can do some things you can't, and you can do some things I can't, but most organizations and business people don't see it that way. They just see you can't, <laughs> not that yeah. So, you know, so I, I have been, it's been a rough couple of years, not being able um, to achieve what I want to achieve and own myself. So, uh, you know, um, you asked what I've been doing. I think the last six months I've been going, what do I want to do? Uh, if I try to do this business thing the way everyone else does, I'll be miserable and I lose my gift. So I finally, one day, a couple months ago, I heard myself say, oh, forget it. I'm brilliant. There are a million brilliant people. I can love unconditionally. I have to go with that, (laughs) you know, it, because being love unconditionally gave me a great life. I loved life. I've been miserable being, you know, what good's knowledge if you're miserable? Yeah. What's the point in getting in the world if you lose your soul? That's it. Yeah. You can, every time things would get really dark, I'd like play the, was it Whitney Houston song? Didn't uh, know my strength. And then I'd go, oh, wait, she committed suicide at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> like, darn, I need to find that song sung by someone. But yeah, it's, uh, I'm not going to lie. It's been the darkest few years of my life. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. And just curious, can you run us through the HEART acronym one more time? Sure. It's Honesty. Empathy, acceptance, respect, trust. And it's, you know, I'd say it's a safer way of being because we are so many people overthink. And I certainly did that myself the last few years. And I, for the first time in my life, the past couple of years, I felt fear. And I went, ooh, this isn't good. I felt fear because I felt separate. I saw how I was different before I used my differences, but they actually, I was in a a career where um, intuitive and and tapping into that uh, emotional intelligence was valued, right? So it worked well, but all of a sudden I went, 
oh my God, nobody understands me. That was another one of the things when I was 16. No one ever did understand me. So I decided to understand other people. And now I understand them, but they're adults and <laughs> I, I have to be much kinder. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, okay, no. Um, but yeah, it's it's challenging. So, you know, for me though, this is a social mission and you know, people always call me a transformational conversationalist. Uh, I, you know, so that's why I said I want to get out and just get into communities and get people talking. And yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, the dream, the vision I've had since there have been many aspects, but the one that always rings true is I'm like traveling, speaking. There, I can see them. The groups, of tables, round eight at each people at table, and we're live streaming. And I'm going all over the world. And so, you know, I'm trying to figure out what that looks like, um, and just figure out how to do it with beautiful brain I got with autism and traumatic brain injury and all that stuff. So I'll get there. Yeah. Uh, what's your dream? Ooh, okay. One second. Before we jump into my dreams, I need to hear about all your dreams and goals, and then I'll tell you mine. How about that? All dreams and goals. You so know, I, traveling, speaking, and live streaming. That's yeah. TV and radio. I asked myself that because, like, I, when I don't try, I succeed at everything. <laughs> like, there's so many things I could do because I have the skills. But once I try and try to make a business, then I suck at them. Because it's the way my brain works. I just have to go, ooh, yeah, let me do that and go do it and not think about it, just go do it. But I think that's a lot of people do. Um, but it would be traveling. It was always radio, TV. Mm. Radio, TV. And I keep getting sucked back into the nonprofit because I see that's like I worked with low income women, right? And now, you know, a lot of women. And when I volunteered in prisons and dealt with people who were struggling, um, you know, that's who, who really needs my unconditional love. But I was trying to say in the systems because I see they're the problem. It's not the people with trauma who are authentic. It's the people who are hiding <laughs> behind the armor who judge people that have the same history, but they don't want to, you know, admit they have the same history as someone who's struggling. So I went a little too hard going at systems, but at the end of the day, it's TV and radio. Even when I was a nurse um, or when I was nursing in public health, I did several TV interviews and my patients and even my boss said, look, you're an amazing nurse, but you missed your calling. <laughs> you need to be on TV. So I think the, the hard healings and all the things I was guided to use, um, I would love, to, I see that as almost like a a new Mr. Rogers, a fresh, but to teach families um, these things so that we can learn and communicate together because truly like healthy families can heal the world. I mean, it's where it all starts. Yeah. And yeah. So I would love to do something like that. It's just traveling and being free. To be goofy and silly and wild, but still be seen as a leader and smart. Like we can to teach people to lead with love. Like I, I've seen how most people have this idea of leaders have to be serious and they have to be, except for Branson, right? But 
but overall, at least in, in the systems world, there's a certain persona. And, you know, a friend of mine who's a professor said to me once, he goes, wow, people that you're going to network, they don't even know who you are, how like you can, you can be multidimensional. Yeah. And you can be smart and brilliant and effective, but still be silly. Like I started being silly when I was a kid every day from that age. I made sure I did something really silly because it there was a lot of adversity. It took the, you know, if I roll down a hill or blow bubbles for like five minutes. It 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 reminded me of being, you know, the kid I wanted to be. So, yeah. Make sense? It does. It does. It makes perfect sense. Sounds like you I, have uh you have some talk show ideas or some TV show ideas you need to pitch to some people. I know. Well, here's the thing, getting them on paper. I've written, yeah. I mean, I've done, it's so funny. I realized once I did a webinar and it was a thousand dollars for I'm thinking, what a great pay for an hour. I stopped count at 150 hours. So I'm trying to put a PowerPoint together. Like if you just asked me what to say, but I would try writing it down then translate. I couldn't figure out how to break it into slides. It was crazy. And these are things I never knew growing up. I was like just uncovering uh, the ways I learned to not compensate, but well, I guess, yeah, compensatory mechanisms I learned to get through college twice with honors without reading a book, right? There, none of them apply in the world with tech. Mm. It's fast paced, it's too multi fast. So it's, you know, um, yeah, putting it down in paper. I thought, let me print everything out and do it. And at one point I had like over 1500 pages of stuff. I am like, yeah, this isn't working now. I'm really overwhelmed. So um, I joke sometimes with God. I'm like, okay, I knew you gave me this message, but like you didn't foresee technology. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. No, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. But I think in all honesty though, like everything I've always gone through, I know, um, I'm going through it to learn my way through to share with others, mm -hmm. you know, and because I did that my whole life, I would see a, a problem or I call a hole. I'm like, Ooh, let me jump in and see what it's like to get out. Cause then I could think of out of box ways that textbooks don't have that like yep. were very beneficial yep. to particularly the clientele I worked with. And, um, this one's just a really big hole I jumped into, but I look and I think there's so much of people who are struggling in this world. Um, I really think social determinants of health and wellness and well-being have way more to do with neurodiversity than they do with anything else. Because mm. I'm struggling and I'm a white middle class woman, but as soon as I open my mouth and they hear that I don't speak like them, I don't think like them, door shut. Yeah can't even imagine right now if i was obviously autistic and if i looked like i had traumatic brain injury maybe things would be different but i don't sound like my cognitive reports reflect you know yeah um, you know and so i kind of got my own self sick because i worked like 16 hours a day because nurse psychiatrist like you will never be productive in this world and I'm like BS look what I did in my life I can figure it out and I just I got myself really sick and <laughs> trying to figure it out 
you know, encephalopathy, like central nervous, everything without, and that was a cool thing too, though, without the heart coherence, without the energy of other people and connecting and hugging to people, all the things that the physical ailments that I'd had and things that were dormant throughout my life during COVID, they all came to the surface because I didn't have a buffer. Yeah. There was, you know, it, it, there was nothing to fill my heart. It was just everything draining it, you know? So I, you know, I think it's so important in this world that we do what brings us joy. I agree. Know? Yeah. I told my daughter, like after this whole thing, I'm like, look, I don't care money or whatever. If you're frustrated or quit, all the money i said no 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 because if you're frustrated i see it i've been frustrated nothing good comes out of frustration like life will never flow ever you get it i i get it so much yeah (laughs) yeah i've been doing like arts and crafts i'm making i you know when i before i left work i would always do like these little cute things on business cards put them in people's uh windshield and just things to to brighten up someone's day for a second, you know, and I would hide and watch them and <laughs> see their mm-hmm. action. But so I've been doing all sorts of stuff like that. I'm like, forget the business, just get out. Cause I got to get back and flow and out of frustration, you know, cause I did forget who I was. I got so focused. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, there was a lot of healing that went on since I didn't remember like what it felt like to be so different cognitively and how frustrating it was i had to go through that but yeah it was uh so my vision is just to be free tv show uh be around neurodiverse people all the time and creative people <laughs> now yeah. i actually the curriculum i wrote has something and i term coined neurofusion because the world needs both the world needs neurodiverse people because they're the creators and if they can find someone to execute for them they're the creators but the world needs neurotypicals too we just need how to learn to work with one another so um in the curriculum i wrote for systems like pairing kids up accountability partners like getting kids tested yeah so that they so a neurodiverse child a child with a neurodiverse brain doesn't have teachers and parents pushing them into a profession that's going to make them miserable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, so we test kids to find that out and then pair up like a neurotypical developmental brain with a neuro and let them figure out how to work together. So future generations, uh, it won't be an either or it'll be a, a fusion you know, of neurodevelopmental stuff. So oh, your, so what'd you say yours is? You're, uh, you made me tell you mine first. I did. I did. I got two dreams and goals. First one, financial freedom for myself and my family. Big mm-hmm. fan of it. I love the impact that it'll create for myself and my family. Um, I'm happy to provide my parents and my siblings with that life. Second step, very similar to your goal actually. Uh, I put some practicality to it, but the motives behind it are the same. Mm-hmm. Of uh, Instead of like, it's raising the standard of living across the world to middle-class America so that nobody goes hungry, thirsty, 
without shelter or without safety. And so that's what I want to spend my life doing post-financial freedom because it gives me a platform to do exactly what you're talking about here, which is like spread heart, the honesty, empathy, acceptance, respect, and trust in the way that like lights me up. Like I like meeting people in adversity and then having the resources, the time and the energy to walk through that with them towards where they want to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's, it's so funny. I look at the systems and I really, and it was funny. I kept being shown things like I had to, for the first time in my life, really be a patient and, you know, um, physical health, disability, any the social services, all those things I had to access for the first time. And I would come out at each time going, what? That did not just happen. Like, are yeah. you kidding me? And at the end of it, like they beat me down. The system beat me down because nobody listens there. Like, and I'm not, it's not an individual. I don't know if the systems are flawed. It's just the majority. I don't even want to say majority, a large percentage of people that go work to serve others have their own traumas. Yeah. And if I'm not willing to look at my own trauma, that means anyone that I come up against who has the same trauma, there's no way in hell it can be compassionate or empathetic because by, by honoring their experience, it means I've got to look at mine. And, and I, I, I want to look at theirs uh-huh. in the systems. And that's the problem I saw with systems. I couldn't even relate to women as women because I could like I learned to I can feel when someone's armor, you know, when they're carded. And I walked out of every networking going, oh, God, I can feel the armor. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't even know how to break through because yeah. I was trying to sell them something they didn't want. I was trying to sell it because for the people underneath them, you know, Um, but yeah, to teach people this new like consciousness and a a new way of being though, like I, you know, people are like, well, just coach. I'm like, I can't ask one person at a time to take the armor off. That's just too damn scary. Particularly if we, if someone's been living their whole life that way, Yeah, you know, and that's why I went, we've got to do this together. This is an us mission. And I love that you're that you're highlighting that, because what I realized, like the reason I put my mission where I put it of raising the standard of living across the world to middle class America is because what I realized is most people and, you know, it's relative generalizations are always general for sure. Don't have space in their life to like look at their own trauma, feel it, become aware of it, and then choose something else because they're stuck in survival mode because they feel like they need to work for that next dollar or work for that next person's approval or work for whatever they feel like they're working for. And so I really like the idea of getting them to that standard of living where their needs are taken care of. So survival mode can get turned off. So then we can turn on Okay, let's dive inside now, because really what I'm doing is a journey away from unnecessary suffering, where people are just in their head, killing themselves, like making themselves miserable because they're not willing to kind of look at what's inside. And so that's why I love what you're doing so much, because it has that has the heart behind it, which is what I love. And that's what I said, like, I, I don't want, you know, people are like, oh, you're a coach. I'm like, no, I don't want to be a coach. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I'll be a coach to groups 
but one-on-one I did that like I loved it but I didn't quit work make myself ridiculously sick and miserable and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to do the same thing I did yeah I don't I don't think that was you know what I'm saying like I this is about the masses. This is about doing my part. What I haven't figured out yet is how to take them, how to get leaders to buy into it when it, what I'm trying to preach goes against everything that we now believe is intuitive. <laughs> like it goes against the grain of everything. So this is, this is why I, I'm going to, I'm going to push because we have like nine ish minutes and I kind of want to help you kind of brainstorm some ideas here. Um, it goes against everything that is intuitive, but it goes with everything that people actually want. Yes. So what I love about you asking that question, how can I get leaders to resonate with this? How can I get leaders to vibe with this? It's like, you have to pierce that armor because that armor is like saying, oh, this isn't intuitive. This isn't intuitive, but their heart, which is behind the armor is saying, I really want that. I really want that. And so when you learn how to pierce that armor to get to their heart, people are going to like flock to your message. So then I have to forget business because that's why I realized I, with my challenges right now and not, you know, like even posting, it's funny, I hit buttons and it's kind of like my eyes are gaslighting my eyes, like functional vision is not good vision vision's good so i think i'm hitting a button i'm like where the heck did i post that you know yeah. Um, but yeah that's why i think it's through conversation because as long as someone i need to ask people questions yeah that's that's a well-timed question is going to go right through that armor yeah. straight to their because heart that's where my magic it's not so i'm, I'm got to learn to stop sharing the message so much and start doing what i did my whole life and i I usually ask questions that I knew the answer to. I just wanted people to uncover for themselves. I don't want to tell them, right? Because I never try to fix anyone. I kind of looked at my role as holding a safe space where they could find themselves. Yeah. You know? Because an open heart is definitely serves as a mirror for others. And if people like what they see, they'll want to see more. But if they don't like what they see through that mirror, then they'll shut down. <laughs> so. And for your sake, I wouldn't say forget business, but I would say forget the definition of business that you have in your head. I've got to do business my way, like yes. everything. Because yeah. it's like, you're going to have to talk to people, like you're going to have to market, but your marketing may not have to look like what all the gurus are telling you it has to look like. But like you, if you were to go up to two people right now and strike a conversation with them and it was uh, around spreading heart. Mm-hmm. That would be marketing. That would be advertising. Like that is the act of doing it. So the question is, how can you market in a way that feels good to you, that puts you in flow and also lets you have the conversations with people and whatever that way is, that's the way you need to pursue. Well, yeah. that's why I think that's why I've been doing this phase of taking people and experience of living with heart, right? Because even when I do talks, people listen and they're really inspired, but it's so different from the quote unquote norm that I'm like, I need to give people an experience of this. So I need to go into the streets and I need to like, you know, even if I have to, I'm a heart math practitioner, which is heart coherence, get one of the things and show them their heart rate variability before and after a hug. And, you know, just really, I've been looking to companies to do that with, but I'm, 
I don't think that's going to happen. So have you ever thought about like luxury corporate retreat vibes? Like, is that something that would flow with you? Absolutely. I'm a holistic. I mean, I'm, I've got the whole gamut of holistic healing. Um, so yeah, I am a facilitator. I do facilitating, um, I, energy healer. That was a gift. I never knew I had that's really strong. Like I yeah. surprise myself when I go out and do it. I'm like, Oh, I did. It was like five minutes and someone's like, it's gone. Oh my God. That's so cool. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'll get there. Like I said, the last two years, I really did number on, on my health. Really yeah. did number. Um, and I'm talking months and months. I couldn't get, I was traveling cross country. I was doing it. And so uh, I didn't get out of bed for a good couple months. I just really fried everything. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I'm just, you know, going to do my thing with the general public and go out. I, one of my favorite things I just started doing, I was bored one day, I was walking past and I saw landscaping rocks. So I grabbed a rock and I'm like, oh, you rock. So now I just, you know, I found a place. I buy all these landscape rocks and just a little love sticker and you rock. I have to get heart stickers. So that's what I should probably do. Um, you know, and just hand them out to people. That stuff brings me joy. So much joy. You know, I, I like, yeah, um, there's so much hypocrisy in this world. And, you know, that was another one of those hard healings. Say what you mean and mean what you say. And this world is so not like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh God, I'd rather have a nasty, like, I remember people would say to me, what if my real self isn't very nice? I said, oh, I, I doubt it's not nice, but let's just say it's not nice. Just be the best, not nice you can be, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. because if you're in joy, then you'll turn nice. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just, um, I think for everybody, not just for me, like if I know what I'm dealing with, even if you're toxic, if you're, it doesn't matter how wonderful or not wonderful somebody is. If I know what I'm dealing with, I know how to deal with it. But if I come and they're playing all these games and I don't know, I don't know where they stand. Like I live my whole life that way with my ex-husband and, and an addict, we're addicts, you know what I mean? It's like very confusing. So I think if for same mission for us too, if we can just start telling the truth a little bit, being honest about our feelings. Yeah. You know? And, you know, if we don't want to share have the courage to say, I don't want to, I don't feel comfortable sharing. I can't tell you how many times I've asked questions in the last couple of years, to people in business, and they just ignore it. It's, it's like, just yeah. ignore it. And I'm like, have the courage to at least say, you don't want to answer that. Like, that's okay. I respect that. I, I you know, so yeah, that, that would be the truth, you know, just bring forth the truth and admit you don't want to own up it. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but just, yeah, we've got a lot of work ahead of us. I think AI is going to help though. Cause I, I was, yeah, I was getting really frustrated going, Oh my God, nobody values the gifts I have love. Like even like the energy healing, I see companies that always want volunteers. Right. And then when I was really listening to what AI is going to do. I'm like, oh, this is scary. 
people are going to be killing for love in a year or two. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, we're going to be like, no, we need human characteristics. Bring them back. <laughs> so, uh -huh. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Well, awesome. Um, I mean, we have about two minutes left. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Um, yeah. If you had to fill in the sentence, I am blank, how would you fill that in? I am. I mean, first thing that came to my mind was loved and then love. Awesome. Yeah. And how about this one? Let me see. Um, how would you define love? To it, that's my favorite question of all to ask people because like the answers come back so not truly what I believe, what I mm -hmm. what I've seen love to be. But if you had a kid, how would you define love to your child? I would tell them that love is a state of being. Mm -hmm. And how I would then go on to describe that state of being. Um, I haven't come to a clear definition of that state of being yet. It would be, um, I'd reference scripture. So I'd go, um, there's no greater love than this than to give up your life for your friends. Right. So I'd be like, there's a sacrificial component to love, but there's also, um, first Corinthians 13 talking about like love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. So in that sacrifice, it is not when we say sacrifice, we associate pain with sacrifice, but it's yeah. more of a sacrifice in service that you are happy to do because yeah. you love this person so much. Well, and that's that's the key that like, you know, I always define love because like it, it is about strangers and everyone. And like, I love is I walk past and pick up trash. Someone said to me that day, you just picked up that trash. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about it. Like, it's yeah. just my house. You're littering my house. <laughs> so I'll yeah. pick up. But the the thing with love is... You know, I learned that to be healthily selfless, got that? I don't even, I think I made up that word, but you have to be emotionally selfish, mm. right? Yeah. So, and I taught my kids this, if actually my kid taught me this one Christmas when they were young, we were buying gifts. I'm like, come on, we have to buy gifts. So I got, I want to buy presents for so-and-so. And I'm like, okay, don't don't expect to get one back next year though right like it's yeah. gotta be 50 but so i always tell people now if you're not in, if you're in a really yucky mood and and it would take a lot of effort for you to be kind don't just don't be unkind wait until you have enough that it just pours out and you don't even have to try to be kind or nice yeah yeah and and yeah so it's yeah well, there we thank go. You. Yeah, we're good. Thank you, Leslie. I appreciate you. Yes, I appreciate you too, Timmy. What part of the country are you in? I'm in Austin, Texas. Oh, love Austin. <laughs> what about you? Where are you? Uh, right now, I'm in California, Marina, right outside of Los Angeles, Marina Del Rey. There we go. There we yeah. go. And from this conversation, what are the one to two ways you're going to switch up how you do business so that you're more in flow? not worry about business <laughs> there we go yeah if I, you know I, one way i did when i was coming up with services before i do like inner child work where i actually teach people how to just communicate with their inners 
but the conversations I did were the the things I was having a hard time with because they were found in love. And that's what people would tell me. They made change. I can't believe you just wanted to know about me. And I thought if I charge, they're conditional. So I I do them, but I ask for donations. Yeah. And I'm talking with the idea of doing a donation based for profit. Something a couple of years ago told me to do that. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, maybe <laughs> what's what's worse, right? Yeah. No, you you could you could set it up for sure. Because, happen. you know, I trust people. And yes, you know, people are like, oh, you'll get burned. I'm like, well, you know what? Like, if it's much, here's a rule to to teach you members that if your heart is filled by what you're doing, nobody can take advantage of you ever. It's a fact. If you're getting joy, nobody can take advantage. So, yeah. we'll, you know, and, and I've learned through my life, expect the best from people. They'll give you the best as long as you're giving them your best. You know? For sure. All right. All so right. that I, I may not try. I may go. Yeah, I may have business people going. Who is this woman? That's actually, I think, going to be my new goal. No more mainstream. I'm going to stand out because I'm so different and out of the box from other people. Hey, I love it. Well, awesome, Leslie. Thanks so much for coming on the show. All right. Thank you so much, Timmy. Of course. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Leslie had to say, make sure to check her out. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Hey there. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and send it to a friend. Don't forget, head over to workwithtimmydouglas.com to get your list of life-changing questions and our free book, Impact Ignition, Live a Purposeful Life. See you tomorrow for another show.